0: Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And we know that shopping is an important part of this holiday season as people try to get their loved ones and clients and everyone else, uh, co-workers, gifts that will make their day uh, and make their holiday season. And we started off this week, which some call Cyber Week, with Cyber Monday, the biggest online shopping day of the season, at least it's planned like that. And as shoppers rush to their computers to get the biggest and best online shopping deals, there's a question. How long will the items they want be in stock and will they be ready to ship in order to arrive before the big day? Well, it's all a matter of supply chain. And here to talk about the differences between supply chains this holiday season and those from the recent past and what it all means to shoppers, we're so pleased to have with us a professor at UCLA, a distinguished professor, Christopher S. Tang, who's also the vice president of the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences. Welcome to the show, Professor.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. Um, I want to play a a soundbite. This was President Biden just two days ago talking about supply chains. Let's play the bite.
1: Today, our supply chains are stronger than ever with backlogs, bottlenecks and shipping rates at a 25
0: year low. So that was President Biden also talking about the efforts that his administration has made to free up those supply chains and, I believe, uh, starting a, uh, planning to start a council that will be looking at supply chains. Uh, Professor, this is your life's work. Tell us about supply chains and why they matter.
1: Well, I think for decades, Americans have forgotten about where things are coming are made, how, where they come from. So I think until the COVID uh, pandemic, we never really thought about it until we are short of toilet paper, uh, short of uh, hand sanitizers, and also we cannot even get toys. Then got really the consumers worry about, hey, how are things made? Where do they come from? That's where the supply chain came in so now people realize that a lot of the uh, basic ingredients such as sugar such as flour such as your coffee are imported so therefore i think the last few years we realized a lot of product shortages and really uh, create awareness and also the nervousness about the resilient supply chain now President Biden is really the first president to really pay close attention to this. And today, he's going to make an announcement about this new council, uh, the Resilience on Supply Chain Management.
0: So, I mean, supply chains go in in a lot of different directions because sometimes things are being manufactured here that are then being sent overseas or to Mexico that then produce other goods that are coming here. And anywhere in that, you can have a breakdown, right?
1: Absolutely. So we have realized there's a lot of uh, disruptions that occur last few years. Uh, even for for example, the uh, toilet paper, uh, most ingredients and manufacturings, they're done in the U.S. But because it, we switch from uh, go to work to work from home. So a lot of toilet papers switched from the commercial kind of roles, the big roles, to uh, residential roads. But then manufacturers such as Kimberly Clark cannot really switch to produce from big roads to little roads for home use. So therefore there was a delay and people panic. And if everyone was lining up to buy more toilet paper. That's why we had a shortage.
0: Right. I I got to raise my hand sheepishly because I was one of those who uh, was very worried about whether or not we were stocked up enough uh, with toilet paper, not only in my own home, but also in the home of my elderly in-laws, uh, you know, who couldn't really go from store to store. I think one time I actually... Uh, went to a Safeway and sat outside for 20 minutes just to get their delivery of toilet paper. Yes, I admit it. It It felt like desperate times back then. And sometimes that can be that desperation. And especially as we're heading into the holidays, I mean, there can be desperation trying to get that perfect gift. Explain what happens when a supply chain breaks down.
1: Well, when it breaks down, there are two types of breakdowns. One of them is the supply I think during COVID, we uh, have experienced a lot of uh, breakdown on the supply. So, for example, we talk about toilet paper. Then we also experienced the uh, congestions at the ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach in 2021. We had unprecedented lines of ships, over 100 of them, waiting to be unloaded containers because we did not have enough workers, we did not have enough warehouse spaces, we did not even have enough the railroad carts to manage all these deliveries. So therefore, uh, during the uh, 2021, we have a major delay during the holiday season.
0: And do you anticipate that kind of delay this holiday season?
1: Well, this year we're lucky. Uh, if we don't have a supply problem because last few years we order a lot of stuff. And then retailers also worry about not having enough stuff. They order even more. Now, earlier on, China was uh, facing the COVID lockdown, so they could not produce all the products. But now, since December last year, they start opening up. So they've been shipping a lot of things back to the United States. And now retailers are really filled with excessive inventories in their warehouse and also in the stores. But now we have a different type of supply, problems, supply chain problems, which is the demand problems consumers actually have spent all the money that they receive from the government checks during COVID and also inflation they worry about the food prices so now they're shopping more carefully and they're more picky about what they're gonna buy so now with the demand problem and retailers are struggling to unload the excessive inventories. so now we have a demand problem not the supply problem.
0: Interesting. Well, we have much more to talk about here. We're chatting with uh, Christopher S. Tang, who's a distinguished professor at UCLA, part of the Edward W. Carter uh, Business Administration Department, in fact, the chair of that department, as well as being the vice president of the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences. And, and I think everyone has come to terms with uh, you know how this flow, how the supply chain uh, disruptions can really impact their lives in very real ways. We have much more to talk about when we come back and this is the extra here on KRDO news radio. Welcome back to The Extra Today and our focus on the supply chain and how issues with it might or might not impact your holiday shopping and holiday deliveries this season. And joining us on the KRDO Newsline, we're pleased to have with us UCLA Distinguished Professor Christopher S. Tang. He's also the chair of the, well, the the Edward W. Carter Chair in Business Administration at the university, as well as being the Vice President of the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences. You mentioned uh, at the top of the hour, and and this was a question that we'd had because uh, President Biden, I don't know if you know, is in Southern Colorado today talking about issues with Bidenomics and employment and supply chain. So we'll be anxious to hear what the President has to say about this uh, new Supply Chain Council a little while later. Can you explain how a council can help things?
1: Yes, I met with the Assistant Secretary of Commerce to discuss this. And actually, uh, the federal government is going to develop a dashboard. So that means that they're going to monitor all the productions in terms of product availability from, uh, uh, from the port, uh, also from the, the the stores, retailers, so that to ensure that the American consumers will have a more stable supply of uh, this kind of various products. At the same time, they also try to monitor uh, the EV productions and EV batteries, as well as some of the minerals that we need to produce the EV batteries as well.
0: I don't know if you read this story, I think it came out of LA, the LA area, and it was about uh, some products, and it was uh, just containers worth of products that ended up at a warehouse that the warehouse owner could not get distributed because of a shortage of truck drivers. I mean, has that been happening across the nation?
1: Uh, Well... (laughs) Uh, in Los Angeles, we had a couple of labor issues. Uh, first of all, we have the, uh, the union workers at the ports. They were uh, negotiating a contract, which took uh, close to one year to settle. And then the railroad workers, and we also had similar issues. Uh, I think that Biden uh, actually worked with the union and also intervened to actually uh, to stop the, the, the strike. So that will help the, the supply chain operations to go smoothly this year.
0: Now, here in southern Colorado, I mean, we're pretty landlocked, but do supply chain issues at the coast, do they impact uh, us here in in middle America, essentially?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Well, 40% of our imports, they're through uh, the ocean freight, and many of them, they actually go through the West Coast ports, like Los Angeles and Long Beach. So, after we unload the containers, we put on the train, and many of them, they go to the Uh, land uh, uh, port, which is located, some of them in Colorado, some of them in Chicago. So in the case, if the railway workers are on strike, uh, well, then you don't get the stuff really stored in your land port.
0: Mm. Now, the, the supply chain issues we were uh, talking about that you mentioned with toilet paper, for instance, but it wasn't just that. It was canned vegetables. I mean, it was all sorts of things that, where the shelves were bare. Um, the pandemic supply issues, a lot of the people in the public, I think, should have been over by now. Why are we still talking about this?
1: Well, I think that uh, we have, still have supply chain problems in different areas. So I think for the basic goods, I think we're doing good. But I think that we do have concern about semiconductors because that's right now we don't have enough semiconductors for our cars and also for some of the high-tech vehicles. Uh, our- devices such as, uh, as our cell phones. So I think that because there's the worldwide sh- shortages, because the demand exceeds supply. So I think that right now, that's why uh, President Biden actually uh, worked with Intel to have a couple of plants built in uh, Ohio and uh, Arizona. So as the TSMC from Taiwan to build a plant in Arizona, such that we have a, su- a sufficient supply of uh, semiconductors for our future developments.
0: Well, here in Colorado, we also deal with. You kind of mentioned cars, but uh, here we have. When we have wet weather, <laughs> there are so many traffic accidents. You know, fender benders to even worse accidents, rollovers. And uh, my family was had a had a family member who was in a car accident last mid May, early May. Actually, it took till early August to get that car fixed, and constantly we were hearing about supply chain issues. Can it really be responsible for causing that much in the way of backups? <laughs>
1: well, it, this year is a bit complicated, as you remember that we had the strike of uh, UAW uh, workers. So, because it's also involved parts production and also parts distributions. So, a lot of the uh, the the repair shops. They are running low on all these spare parts. So, if your car breaks down, if you have a little ag- accident, uh, you may have to wait for your spare part. In particular, if you're talking about uh, cars, that is uh, uh, the, the the big three uh, all, auto parts, because there is a uh, a low in the uh, spare part inventory. So, I think now the, the strike is over. So, it will take uh, maybe a couple more months before they get back on track.
0: Now, you're the expert professor, but I I had heard something explained to me, and and this sort of made sense, um, where they said that we've – because the supply chain has been rolling around so smoothly for you know maybe a decade plus until the pandemic that 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 um, people who dealt with parts or dealt with food supplies or whatever they were just used to running tighter margins when it came to having that backup supply and that that is something that may be a thing of the past what do you think
1: well, that is part of it, but I think that we need to be uh, uh, be fair. I think that we actually experience unprecedented change, the sudden change in the demand. So, for example, uh, as I mentioned with the toilet paper, switch from uh, commercial rolls, the, uh, toilet paper, to residential roll, uh, papers overnight. So, the demand actually shifts, shifted by 10 times. So, no supply chain can handle this kind of abrupt changes. So I think that that is the, no matter how much inventory you keep. So I think that that's why uh, President Biden is trying to build uh, the spare capacity, maybe spare capability, such that we're more resilient. So we are not storing a lot of inventory, but we have that capacity and with that capability, just in case that when we need them, we can, uh, we can produce it. But because during the pandemic, we just lack of capacity with lack of this kind of capability to produce. That's why it would be like the N95 mask. We were unable to produce it because of the uh, the equipment that make the inter layer, the middle layer of the mask that will filter out the, chemo- uh, the particles that was not available in the U.S. That's why that we're having difficulty to produce the PPE during the pandemic. So right now we try to build up this kind of domestic or uh, a capability. So just in case we need it, we can produce it.
0: Mm if so many of the things you mentioned there i'd forgotten about the shortage of masks too and now we have kind of a glut of masks almost everywhere you look you can find a a ton of them uh and 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 i never had heard in all my reading about the you know switch over it makes total sense people weren't going to the mall and you know using the toilet paper on the big rolls or going to their workplace and using the toilet paper on the big rolls makes absolute sense uh, the way you explain it we have much more to talk about we're talking about Christmas shopping impacted by supply chains uh, with Professor Tang. But when we come back, we'll also talk about just overall supply chain trends and and how big business is responding to it. That when the extra continues. You're listening to KRDO News Radio. Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with issues, topics, and people that are important to you. This is a very timely topic that we're tackling today. Uh, We have the president, President Biden, who's in Colorado today, going to be speaking in southern Colorado around 145 today. And before he left the White House Monday, the president celebrated the start of the holiday shopping season with a new promise to strengthen the American supply chains weakened during the pandemic
1: directed my cabinet to create an early warning system that uses data to spot supply chains risks to our economic security, our national security, our energy security, and our climate security. And I'm proud to announce that I'll be invoking what's known as the Defense Production Act to boost production of essential medicines in America by American workers.
0: And we're so pleased to have with us uh, Christopher S. Tang, UCLA Distinguished Professor in their Business Administration Department, as well as the Edward W. Carter Chair. He's also a Vice President of the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences. And he's been speaking uh, to the President's Administration about this council that's going to be formed, about how it can act, what it can do. Um, So when we're talking about this at the start of the Christmas shopping season, what can you tell us, uh, doctor, about how Christmas shopping could be impacted by supply chains?
1: Well, I think during the pandemic, we noticed that there were some product shortages uh, in the past. But now this year, we are in luck. As I mentioned earlier, that the retailers have over-ordered materials uh, 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 earlier. So now a lot of uh, stores and retailers, they are stuck with excessive inventory. So this year, we don't have uh, product shortages issues, but I think that they are trying to uh, do the discount to to encourage uh, customers, shoppers to buy more this year.
0: So uh, you mentioned that it's not as big of an issue for Christmas shopping, but do we need to strategize about this so that we're not affected? Because you'd hate to order something that has to come over on a boat and end up in a port and doesn't get to its destination in time.
1: Well, this year, actually, most of the products is already available in the U.S., They have already received them. It's not in the ocean. So it's in their warehouse somewhere. So I think for the shoppers, the strategy is right now you get around 20 to 30% discount on major products such as uh, TVs, uh, computers, uh, toys, and other stuff. So I think those are very good deals. And also that if you look, you can find the model that you like and you are already getting good prices. So I think that it's good to go ahead and buy it now and you get a good price because it may, it may run out because for that particular model. But if you're not choosy, I think the price will continue to stay low until the end of December.
0: Okay. So it depends on the scarcity of the product or, I mean, the desirability, I guess, whether you want to lock in those uh, price discounts brought about by higher supply um, and, and hopefully the same demand as what we have seen in previous holiday seasons. A little too early probably to say about that. Maybe you have some prediction. Do you think we're going to be spending more this holiday season, Professor?
1: Yes, I think based on the statistics they released for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I think this year we can really safely to say that uh, consumers' is spending maybe be around to four, four to five percent more this year than last year. So I think that the end uh, results would be around over uh, hopefully one trillion dollars.
0: Wow. Well, I'm uh, a, I don't know if savvy is the right word, but an observant grocery shopper. And something I've noticed is that the companies that uh, had a little bit of sizeflation going on with their products, uh, you know, on the stores, it, it, it seems like they have not gone back even though inflation's come down, and it, it feels a bit like big business took a took a little bit of advantage of this, and and even President Biden mentioned uh, price gouging and wanting to tackle that. Do you think big business <laughs> has uh, done some of these bad moves that have hurt consumers?
1: Well, I think that this is the to inconvenient truth i think that you look at it historically uh what we call the price is sticky once it goes up it rarely goes down so i think that we're getting used to uh, higher prices but then a lot of consumers uh is actually getting more savvy they may buy a uh, store label brands, private labels to uh to be more, uh to get a cheaper product. Now, but then uh, a lot of uh, uh, store brands and also uh, manufacturers, they're also playing a little of games uh, such that they will try to uh, have a, uh, this keep this, the boxes aside the same, but the content is much less. So in that case, give you the impression, you're getting a, the, the same amount of products for the recently higher, slightly higher price. But in effect, we are actually paying more price, higher prices because the labor cost has gone up a lot. So I think the companies, they're anticipating uh, the cost of uh, production is going up because labor costs, material costs, shipping costs, and all these other costs are going up. So they anticipate the future cost increase and they affected that in. So that's why now the price is not coming
0: down. Mm, that's uh, discouraging to hear so uh, Nabisco listen to me I will never buy another package of Oreos i am sorry to say you've lost me with that one unfortunately my dad my husband goes and buys them uh, behind my back but i will never purchase another box of oreos because of what i've seen with that locking in those uh, profits and the sizeflation and the higher prices uh we need to take a short break here professor tang of ucla is our guest today an expert in supply chains when we come back we're going to talk about does shopping local avoid problems That and more when the extra continues. We're back with our chat with UCLA Distinguished Professor Christopher S. Tang, who's the Edward W. Carter Chair in Business Administration at the university, a specialist in knowing about supply chains, also vice president of the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences, and... uh, So one thing, Dr. Tang, that I think uh, I obviously have changed along with the rest of the public, I'm getting a lot more home delivery packages um, than I did prior to the pandemic. I just wasn't an online shopper prior to the pandemic. And then over the course of it, yeah, the convenience, it it snuck up on me how convenient it is. Does that affect supply chains too?
1: Well, uh, online shopping is different. Uh, online shopping is really is one to one. So that means that is uh, when you order the, uh, the, the 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 e-commerce company such as Amazon, they have to deliver the individual package to your home. So therefore, the logistics operations is much more complicated than in the store. In the store, they ship in bulk to the store, and then you go to the store to pick it up. So that is a major challenge in supply chain. But, uh, on the other hand, the availability is much easier to manage because they can consolidate all the inventory in the centralized warehouse. So no matter matter where you locate it, they can actually capture your demand much more easily. So that is a major difference, there's a trade-off. So retailers, in-store, shopping, you may uh, not find the product you want because they cannot stock everything in every single store. But for e-commerce companies, they can afford to, central- to store all the inventories in one centralized warehouse to fulfill your, your need.
0: Does shopping local, uh, you know, everybody says, you know, shop local, keep your dollars here. Does that avoid problems or does it depend on the kind of product?
1: Well, I think that in, uh, for products that is require touch and feel, I think it's a shop local it makes sense because you want to make sure this is the product you want exactly also besides supporting the local economy and i think that this also is a good uh uh, change because i think a lot of shoppers they were really uh, tired of shop online because you don't have the experience you don't have the social aspects of it so now there is a little trend that people like to do think of shopping as a part of the experience with friends and the loved ones.
0: Yeah, I, I am one of those. I, I like to shop local. And I am, like you said, the touch and feel. I have never called it that. I call myself a tactile shopter. I have to almost feel it to hold it up and feel it or to rub the fabric to see if it's good quality. I And it's so funny. My daughter, um, since, the, since she was about four, she must have had that imprinted on her mind. Because she does the exact same thing and has always, since she was about four, she comes behind me and she's feeling the fabric too. So this is how touch and feel shoppers, I guess, are, are raised up. Um, su- supply chain can be, it sounds like, such a fascinating topic when you really get into the nuts and bolts of it. Why do you enjoy studying this and, and collaborating and presenting findings on this?
1: Well, I started out working for IBM HP. I used to work in the factories, but then... Over the last four decades, all the factories were gone. So that's how I switched from uh, in-house production to global supply chains, because that is what happened to the world. So now we also, uh, I got the privilege to now, to work on how the United States can rebuild the uh, resilient supply chain back to the US, and maybe including Mexico and Canada, such that we can make our supply chains more resilient.
0: And a lot of times what we're talking about here, Christmas shopping, it can be kind of frivolous. I mean, these aren't uh, must-have products. But when it comes to medicines, I mean, medicine can be something that if a family doesn't have the right medicine, uh, it, it can be life or death. Tell us how the U.S. Is, uh, and, and your institute, how do you look at medicine supply chains, uh, drug supply chains?
1: Oh, that is a very important issues. Uh, first of all, I think that over the years uh, we have outsourced a lot of ingredients to overseas. So, for example, what we call the API is a called active. Pharmaceutical ingredients that is needed to make your our uh, vitamins and also our drugs. But then, because of the environmental issues, regulations, and also the cost of production, so all these uh, API manufacturings they're done in China and India. So that's why uh, we have uh, drug shortages. And also a lot of drugs, actually the generics one, they actually produce overseas. So for example, uh, Teva, which is an Israeli uh, company, make the, is one of the biggest generic drug manufacturers. Now the war in uh, Israel and with uh, Hamas war, it may actually affect the production as well. So that's, for, that's why I think there is a uh, uh, drug shortages in the U.S. as well. So I think that right now, I think President Biden is trying to find a way to uh, increase the, the, the production of drugs domestically.
0: Now, President Biden creating this council, looking at supply chains and, and trying to establish uh, maybe some oversight of it. Uh, there are some, especially Republicans, would say, you know, we don't need another layer of bureaucracy that's just going to cause problems. And and there is a chance, I guess, that a future Republican leader might uh, eliminate it. Is there a reason that you think maybe future Republican presidents would not Eliminate something like this, a council on supply chains?
1: Well, I think that there, there, there is a, uh, two uh, different narratives. One, I think that uh, the Republicans may think that uh, industrial policies in the past uh, is actually the government intervention may not be successful. They are uh, hit and miss. Uh, but I think on the other hand, I think this one will actually create more jobs. So i think that is what president biden is pushing for if you try to re-strengthen uh the the domestic production or even near shore including mexico it create more jobs and actually make this the country stronger so i personally believe that we should have some capabilities without any capabilities i think we're much more vulnerable as a nation
0: why do you enjoy studying this
1: oh i love studying this because it's so complex uh, supply chains involve not just in terms of material flows. It's also involved technology because you need information technology to manage all the flows along the supply chains, and also related to finance. You need to get the money flowing to get the products shipping, right? And also, it's also political as well. So it really ca- captures every single aspect of our life, from political to economic to uh, social issues, uh, uh, accessibility of the uh, of the all the products for the uh, less fortunate uh, individuals and i think there are so many aspects that we can study so that's why i love doing this because uh, it never ends
0: Well, Professor Tang, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm just a humble shopper. I'll go out there and spend my money. And and it's only when hardship happens that you start thinking about things as complex as supply chains. I really am appreciative that you helped to break it down uh, for our audience to understand in very simple, easy to understand terms. So thank you for that, Professor Tang of UCLA.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And again, you can find out more uh, here on the Extra as we continue to cover the President Biden's uh, speech that's happening at 1:45 today. We'll be bringing you the latest on that here on KRDO News Radio at noon and later this afternoon. You've been listening to KRDO News Radio's The Extra. I'm Shanna Bernius. Have a good day.